Yo, Remy say what's popping, man. Hey, what's good, man? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, man. There we go. You know what time it is, bro. It's been a long time, but you know what time it is. It's that uh, UFC 241 podcast preview. Before we even get into it, though, you know I got to do my intro. Everybody, you know who it is. It's your boy, Kosher. You are now listening to From the East Side with Love. As always, when I talk that MMA talk, gotta have my man Remy Say in the building. Remy Say, I'm here. What's good, everybody? Shout out your IG or Twitter, whatever you want, social media, get at it, man. Go ahead. Yeah, man. You can find me at J, the number four, R E M I everywhere, basically. And I'm also doing a little podcast on Anchor myself that's called The Fan's Perspective. Hmm. What's it about, man? Tell them. It's like a variety show. We talk about current events, what's in the news, or what's going viral on the internet, and just kind of chop it up. It, we All try right. to keep people informed about uh, a little bit on issues, and then try to have fun with it, too. Okay. Okay. So you do it often, or how does it work? You know, so I ain't shy, man. You, you know, speak yeah. on it. Speak on yeah, it. Yeah, man. Uh, we do it once a week. We usually drop an episode every Monday, and then we drop a second episode midweek, which is actually the continuation where we just stop being like organized and we just start drinking and hanging out and having fun. So there's two episodes a week. Nice, nice. And it's on Anchor, is it on, on any other platform? Nah, you can find it on Stitcher, you can find it on Spotify, all the all the podcastings. I think Apple Podcast has us. It's uh, okay. The Fans Perspective and Charlie Tricks. It's under his name because he's the co-host with me. He's my brother. Okay, awesome. Shout out to Charlie. Hell right, yeah, bro. So you know what it is, man. You you know it's been a while. I I, I owe people. I talk to Remy say almost every day. Tell him, Remy. I talk oh, yeah. to you like literally every day. Nonstop, bro. Yeah, and we always talking that MMA talk usually. So like you know behind the scenes, we're always you know we're always connected, but we haven't brought it forth to the people. So now it's time to bring it forth to the people. With that being said. You know, uh, the last episode I felt moved to do was actually the John Jones card, which was what? UFC 239, I believe? Yeah, it was a few months back. Yeah, it was a well, Yeah, a few months back. Um, it was International Fight Week, the John Jones card. and But I was traveling and um, I was out. So told Remy, I was like, hey, man, I probably can't do this one. But definitely got to win the next one. Next one came, which I think was the Max Holloway versus Frankie Edgar fight. That card was eh. Right. I only was looking trash. That card was trash. Yeah. You can say it. You weren't feeling. Yeah, you weren't <laughs> feeling that card either, right? Okay, I, I was kind of trying to be politically, you know, politically correct there, but hey, it was disappointing. They had it right after an ESPN, which is always bad news. The only fight that I was excited for was Max versus Frankie, and Max did his thing. And we already knew that that was going to happen, right? Yeah, it was a given, kind of. I, I saw it coming. I made money. Hmm? Really? I made some money betting on it, you know. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So people actually went for Frankie Edgar. Yeah, you can, you can always find somebody. Well, I'm in Jersey, and Frankie Edgar's from Jersey. So you can usually find somebody who wrestles from New Jersey, and you can double up off of them. Yeah, man. So, 
yeah, that's dope. That's dope, man. I there's a full of a full of money to part. <laughs> <laughs> I that's those a lot I was trying to think of. Um, I think we know we know a bullet. I think she won a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that was nothing to me. I mean, she's I don't see her losing what at one twenty five anytime soon. Um. Then we got the corny ass beef with Henry Cejudo. I mean, I don't know if we even want to, if we even want to speak on that, man. I mean, it, he's the king of cringe, and for me, it's just too much. I can't deal with it anymore. That's not a good way to make your name, bro. Not at all. Anything else you want to talk about before we get into two point one? I mean, uh, Jorge, Jorge Masvidal. You want, you want to speak on that? You want to speak a little Don Jones? You like where you want to go? You know what? John Jones, I want to give him a lot of a big shout out for actually. I think he's doing a good job with his Twitter account, just clapping back at people that talk shit to him right now, and that's what makes it more enjoyable for me. I know a lot of people hate on him, but to me, he I think he really is the goat. He's the best I've ever seen in terms of what he does when he's in there. And you can you can talk that steroid shit, but Anderson Silva is my second favorite fighter of all time, so I I just can't. <laughs> You're one of the guys that believes Santos should get a rematch. I do. I do. I firmly believe. I think, so, I don't think he'll ever be the same, but I think he fought such a competitive fight that he deserves it. And I think he's the first person in John's, in John Jones' title fight history to take a judge's card, one judge's scorecard. So, I mean, at that point, I think you give him the rematch, even though I think I don't think he'll return the same, but I think he deserves that extra payday, that extra opportunity to prove it. And I'd rather see him get it sooner than later because I'm not sure he'll be the same to win fights to earn that shot again. Okay, but then are you saying, like, the next fight, right? When he, like, the first fight back, or should he take a warm-up? Maybe, but you got to give him a pushover because I, like, I, I'm not a believer in the guys don't have ring rust i think there's rust involved and i'm also really nervous about how he's gonna hold up so unless it's for his confidence i just want to see him get the payday and get in and get out and get paid because he fought in a, he fought an incredible fight you know is it worth his mma career because it's already it's already looking kind of sorry to say this might be too soon boogie cousinish <laughs> <laughs> is it is it worth his career I mean it's hard to say I think his legacy is changed because of it because you know we I've been gassing Tiago Santos since he was in 185 you know beating dudes and kind of up and down and for me it's like now he just put himself in a bigger conversation about how good he was so I'm appreciating that much but at the same time, I wish, you know, it sucks to see him go like that if it is curtains, you know, because he had a lot of potential at 205. Going against John Jones, John Jones is pretty adamant that Santos didn't do those injuries on himself. It was because he was fighting John Jones. What do you say to that? I mean, so the first one, the first knee you can see when he kicks it out and he misses a kick, Jones could take credit for getting out of the way. But that one definitely looked like it was uh, Santos. 
the other one I would say the fact that Santos is putting so much weight on it and also that Jones I mean we say this all the time Jones is cold-blooded he was throwing leg kicks he was forcing Santos to switch stances and things it's possible you know but I think at the same time it's just the fact that Tiago was throwing at 100 miles per hour I don't think you can afford to throw any less than that at Jones and that's a credit to Jones but I don't know if you say Jones caused the injury so much as Santos keeping his foot all the way on the gas uh, did those injuries had more to do with those injuries every strike he tried to throw it as if it was last he was trying to seize the moment what did you say exactly exactly he there's so many guys like I've I've complained to you before about how I thought Anthony Smith fought uh, John Jones I thought he fought safe I thought he took no risks and Tiago Santos spent the fight taking as many risks as he could and throwing so hard that it made it difficult for Jones to be able to safely counter so Jones fought a really smart fight to get that W but I think Tiago took more risks than anybody I've ever seen fighting John Jones really yeah you know like you see a guy like Gustafson Gustafson probably got I thought he had the first two rounds in that first fight and he lost three four and five I if you win the first two rounds and you're Santos I think uh, healthy Santos he's throwing way harder than what we saw from Gus Gus Gats yeah but what does hard got to do with it when John Jones has proven to me look <laughs> I never saw John Jones back up in that fight against Santos he didn't look like he was phased either so that's why, yeah, he needed assistance after he needed somebody, but he always does that. He's always, there's some type of like leg type thing with Jones where he always needs to hobble off with his with his teammates and his fam. So, uh, you know, like how much damage, because John Jones was right there talking smack right, like right soon after. I remember... Cormier hit Jones flush with an uppercut, which is probably the cleanest hit that I see Jones take, and it didn't phase him a bit. So, I don't sure you can throw with all your intent and whatnot, but it's if if it if Jones wasn't phased, like what you know, did you see? Because Santos was throwing with conviction, but did you see Jones in any trouble at any time? I didn't. The only, the only trouble I saw really was like one of the early leg kicks from Santos buckled him, like he yeah. had a fold over. But it, like I said, Jones fought a really. I think Jones gets underrated for his performance in that fight because anytime Jones threw anything, Santos was throwing a combination of counters hard, trying to land that one shot, and it led to a lot of uh, leg kick damage and just points. Santos was able to score points and kind of limit like normally Jones is a lot more methodic with guys where you can see him gain momentum Santos never let him overtake the momentum which is why this fight felt so different to me from other fights normally he figures guys out tactically he takes them out but by throwing those like constantly countering throwing leg kicks 
on you know on two hobbled knees it kept santos in the in the the scoring discussion let's say like i don't think he beats jones no matter how long that fight goes but i do think i don't think he catches him let's is what i mean but i do think that what he was able to do was keep that fight close when most other fighters haven't been able to even keep it in the same stratosphere with John Jones. You know, it's it's interesting because you never know if you're getting the true John, true John Jones, right? Or until <laughs> yeah, and it's not even that. It's more the fact that this was this is what makes John Jones so great. Is he fights you at where he believes you're the strongest or where it, you are the strongest. Granted, did he have trouble trying to take Santos down? He did, I think, in the first round or two. Um, from what I remember, he did try to go for a takedown, and Santos bucked him off fairly easy. Jones was like, I don't, okay, I'm good. We'll keep it at a, we'll keep it a standing up. But that was it. That was it. And arguably, I think everybody thinks, even though John Jones has all these strikes, if it if it comes to a boxing fight, which it's not, it's an MMA fight, when it comes to like throwing punches or whatever, we all think that Jones's weakness is that, and that he was still able to keep it and score. So, you know, it's like how how far in the bag did Jones really go? Remy, like, did Jones? I don't think Jones felt threatened at any point. He looked calm, poised, and collective. Like, he didn't have to put his John Jones signature on anything. Um, it kind of almost felt sort of like a Mayweather where he's just in control. Yeah, the other guy might be a live bird and he might be doing what he's doing. But, again, like, Santos, Santos just... If it, if there's a rematch, I think I think Jones outclasses him easily for everybody to to be like, okay, well his first shot, his first chance was the best, but was it really the best? The lack of John Jones, or was it more Santos? That's that's my true question to you, because if somebody's so good, you know, once once they go down to that other person's level, it's you know it's. It becomes a quote-unquote fair match. Yeah, you broke up just there at the end. I said, if, if John Jones is so good, but then if he goes uh-huh. down to somebody else's level, it becomes a quote-unquote fair match. Okay, so, yeah, I think actually, and we can probably look back at the episode before uh, the fight. My thinking was that Jones would take Santos down and uh, submit him because Santos his losses are mostly submission losses and jones didn't do that jones kind of stood with him and rocked and i do think that in a rematch do put more effort into forcing clinches where he could try to throw those trips and try to get the fight to the ground if he wants to prove the point that he's the dominant champion and i'll bring up gus again the rematch with gustafson you saw jones made adjustments in the striking and also was just overwhelming as soon as he got the fight to the ground. Like the, there's very rarely fighters who they can be that that much better 
in a second fight. The other guy knows what you're bringing to him. But in rematches, it just looks like John Jones, some absolute murderer. You know, he finishes DC, the only guy to do it. Gustafson, he dominates. And I, that's my one thing is, I do think that Thiago Santos caught him by surprise more so than was the better fighter or anything like that. But I will say one thing that was intriguing to me, or Jones, didn't respond to the letter. And uh, that makes me curious to see what, how he's going to respond. I think his next opponent will come out and try that. We'll see what the leg kicks do. And I'm sure John Jones is so good that he'll have an answer. But that was the one thing I do give Tiago Santos credit for was a very committed attack on the legs. And I think that was one thing that Jones yeah. didn't have a, a direct answer for. And you're right. Because even John Jones admitted like, hey, you know, he was giving me a couple of leg shots and I didn't, I didn't have the answer for it. Um, kudos, you know, for you bring it, remembering that and bringing that up. But again, I think it's for <laughs> the birds. You, 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 you answered exactly what it was in the first half of your answer, where it wanted to rematch. You know, John Jones, and John Jones, when he went against Alex Gustafson, he said it. He was like, "Hey, man, um, I know he. We haven't seen him on the ground. We wanted to put him on the ground." He did exactly that. With DC, the rematch, what if you want to call it a pictogram, had made him throw that head kick to, to, you know, to DC, but he knew what he had to do to get the finish in the devastating fashion as he did. So, again, if that rematch does happen, and again, it's almost, you know, it's it's a lose-lose for Jones because if, if Santos if Santos doesn't come back 100 and he fights Jones, people are going to be like, oh, well, you know, he was injured <laughs> and, you know, he just, he could, obviously, he could have come back. And then, you know, if you have people who really thought that Santos won that fight, they'd have been like, oh, the judges, you know, gave it to, to Jones and yada, yada, yada. So, it's almost like, damn if you did, damn if you don't, Jones. Like, if you... If if he if he whoops on Santos convincingly the next round the next fight, bro, like nobody's gonna really believe that Santos was hundred percent. That's true. The you know what it is? Jones has a heavy duty collection of people that just don't like him. And so it gets it's hard to decipher between people who, you know, are coming more from their feelings against him the person and more about the fight. But that fight I will say I had it uh, you know, three two with Jones edging one of the rounds early that was like a competitive round. So I understood a little bit why people gave uh, Santos, like why people were edging it. I think the underdog effect played a role in that too. Was most people thought Santos was gonna get dominated. And then when it's a very close fight or where it's a competitive fight, then they start giving him a little extra score on it because I definitely had a 3-2 Jones. Right, right. All right, enough of that, because that's in the past. Um, we got Jorge Masvidal. Want to speak on him so a little bit? The flying knee was absolutely stupendous. Everything that Masvidal is doing now has been fantastic. And 
I like I really want to urge anybody listening to this to go look back at old interviews with Masvidal and Ariel Hawani or with other people just because uh, this dude Jorge Masvidal has been a really dope personality in the game and very talented uh, I don't think he has a loss on his record besides Wonder Boy that is absolutely for sure he lost they're all debatable so even his record doesn't say how good he is and uh, what an amazing run he's had and he continues to call out Conor McGregor which shout out to that because I really don't like that uh, video of Conor sucker punching some old man and Masvidal is just the right character to kind of be like you want to be a bully let's see where you're at yeah and right so this is almost like great press for Dana White and like how the WWE makes you know they'll take real life and they put it into they'll put it in they'll they'll simulate it into their uh, show this is great for UFC just like how the Khabib Khabib and uh, Connor trash talk drama happened same thing with Jorge Jorge called out Connor called it called him out for a while now he's like hey give me title give me Connor and now Jorge is is on the forefront and it became the face where people are probably a little tired of Connor's antics of course he's gonna have loyalists just like I like I am with John Jones even though John Jones has done some messed up thing but you know arguably people could say like I don't think anybody finds that cool that he, he hit the old man I mean it, it's literally on video so people could have a little edge and Dana White could play that up and this could be a huge you know thing for for the UFC again I know Connor's gonna want a lion's share of, of money um, but it is what it is It'd be a great payday for Jorge, who definitely deserves it. Um, it would be a great fight. I, I think. I think the way people viewed Jorge against Ben Askren would be the way plus ten against Connor versus Jorge because Jorge Ben Askren he was almost MMA hardcore. Um, like people who who are like. MMA followers kind of knew who he is and the trash talking that Ben was giving him and you know Jorge was like saying I'm gonna shut him up I'm gonna shut him up but everybody knows Connor right and Connor's you know I guess depending on where you look at it is a bad guy so like if Jorge took it like that for Ben Askren what could he do to Connor and we all know that Connor is not on top of his game anymore so he's very susceptible to losing this fight. I, I, believe me, dude. I needed to write this article three years ago. <laughs> Remy, but I always said before he had fought Khabib, he had three fights on at the, at the horizon. It was Khabib, Tony Ferguson, no, four fights. It made the trilogy and a Floyd Mayweather. And I and I said, and in my mind, I was I never I never got to write it down, write my thoughts down. But I said those four fights were really dangerous territory for him. Obviously, the Floyd Mayweather, it's a win no matter even if you lose, unless you really, really, really get embarrassed. But even then, people don't really believe Floyd Mayweather does anything, so they would have thought he threw the fight, yada, yada, yada. But in the UFC, it's like, 
you already know that they don't want Connor to lose. So especially if he would have lost against a Tony Ferguson and Nate Diaz again, or a Khabib, then there would have been some drama. There would have been some real like, oh, like his momentum would have stopped. You saw what, what ended up happening. He goes against Floyd, he loses against Floyd, takes a year off, goes against Khabib, loses against Khabib. Now he's on another hiatus. And, you know, we'll see what happens there. But with the rise that Jorge has gotten, a shot to stardom again, um, it's sweet. You know, it's honestly sweet. Because I, 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 I would put money on Jorge. I would too, man. And I'll let me give you this props, man, because I remember we had discussions where we couldn't even punch the text messages in. We were sending uh, word messages because I was like, you said that Connor was never going to be at the top level again after the Mayweather fight and uh, what Khabib did to him. And I was like, or prior to Khabib beating him. And I remember being like, I think he could take Tony Ferguson. I think he could do, I think he could split it. And now you're like 100% right, bro. I take the L on that heavy where I was like, kind of (laughs) these guys. Uh, you know what? He hasn't shown me anything to make me think that at all, bro. And Masvidal, I would put money on Masvidal in that fight, 100%. Yeah, dude. And on top of that, dude, what he showed in that video shows me the lack of class and has probably summed up his career after... Um, before, like, it, it's basically the downfall of Connor as far as him being the face of anything positive for, like, people. Because, you know, he's lived long enough to see himself become a villain. 100%. Literally. And, and, and now it's like, bro, like, it's not cool. Of course, he's still gonna have loyalists or whatever, but it's not, it's not cool. And, you know, a lot of people were, you know, would look back and read his old stuff and say he had some racist comments and some uh, some questionable things to say against former opponents. And, you know, you could make an argument like that, but it is what it is. But now, it's, again, he, he he's, to me, what that punch that, he, that just happened shows a lack of growth. And it shows that he's in a mental state that is not progressing. So I think if he takes that into a fight, it takes that even into a training camp. He's he's gonna get smashed. He's gonna get smashed because no fighter, no serious fighter that's about his craft should be doing that. The only person that could ever get away with that is literally like Floyd Mayweather and John Doe because they haven't <laughs> lost for whatever reason. But <laughs> they've done some comeback <laughs> things too. Again, I'm not I'm not I'm not disputing that these guys' characters are flawed. But again, it's like, bro, Connor, you've been in the in the dark for so long. There should be again. I he's not in the same mental state anymore, uh, Remy. He's not he's not hungry, and I don't blame him not being hungry. But you know, you remember you remember how we would talk about how every big fight he would start tweeting after, like, oh, 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 like great fight, like you couldn't see me back all the way, like I see you in the background, like, bro, like all that's dead now because again. He, there is no mystic bag. There is no, he, it's not, it's not there. I mean, like, let's honestly say, dude, 
he would need to go against like a Edson Barbosa and beast against him. But he's not going to go against the top two guys in any division and stand a chance. I don't care what division. You put him against 145, whether it's Max or uh, Max Holloway, or I'd say even Aldo might catch him this time. Again, uh, Max Holloway or uh, Aldo or Volkanovski from Australia. Not not seeing not Connor's not seeing him. 150, uh, 155. <laughs> we already know what the beef is with Khabib. Not seeing Khabib. I mean, Dustin Poirier might actually beat him this time. I mean, I hated that first fight. I thought it was a bonehead fight by Dustin Poirier. But, I mean, Dustin Poirier, Dustin Poirier did well against Max. And hopefully, if he's shown to grow mentally, then he probably gets in his own against Connor. And we already know 170 is full of killers. So it's like, I don't know if you really, we know that's not your weight class. So do you really want to go against Nana 170 again? Nope. Okay, well then, do you want to go against Tyron Woodley, who's training with DSP now at 170? Nope. Okay, well, what about Jorge Masvidal, who we were talking about earlier? I don't really think so. So it's like, okay, well then, who do you have? Kamara Usman? Oh, Which, it's almost scary because... <laughs> yeah, right? Like, that's... That's not a good... That's not a good matchup for you. The probably only matchup would be Kobe Covington because he has pillow fists. But then Kobe would probably wrestle him to death. So it's like, where, where, where is Connor going to get a win from, dog? And he's not even getting a win against old man because you know he's going to... That old man's going to clean his pockets right, in the right? out-of-court settlement. So it's like... <laughs> <laughs> there, there is no wins over here, Connor. There is no more wins for you, bro. Your time's winning gone, and, and unfortunately, it's because of your own doing. You know, the money got to you, and that's why you honestly, honestly, Remy, that's how great Floyd is, because he never let the money get to him. Even though he had the whole monk here, okay, and he was going against people who probably weren't even close to his level, he was still able to win. Connor doesn't have that at all. He doesn't have that mental. Excuse me. And he just—he's just not I there, bro. I one hundred percent. I feel that like ego can really uh, take away from a fighter. And Mayweather managed to go from, you know, from like Pretty Boy Floyd to Money Mayweather, and never let himself get comfortable as a fighter. And with Connor, it's just like. You know what, though? Like you mentioned, he had that history, and now I'm second-guessing myself. I always thought, oh, he's selling fights. He's a class act after the fight. And now I see him sucker-punching an old man over his whiskey. And it's like, now I have to second-guess. I must have misjudged his character. And I don't know. I like to think that he changed, but maybe, you know what? A lot of people thought he was an asshole from jump. So... I do, I second-guess myself on that. Uh, I probably got him wrong, especially on, like, the Will Rager favelas shit and things that he said like that, that now that looking back on it, I'm like, man, I gave him a pass for that, and I, I really shouldn't have. And the other thing... You know... Like, oh, no, no, no I, I, I was just going to say, the it, it's going to bother me. I haven't heard it. I haven't heard people defending him on this one yet, but I, I was telling you earlier, I was like, watch... Somebody's gonna bring up Jorge Masvidal punching Leon Edwards like that's the same thing, and I'm gonna get so mad. I'm gonna wind up spazzing on somebody if they try to make that comparison. And, like, <laughs> I'm on MMA Twitter. Yeah. I know somebody's gonna do it. Somebody's gonna do it to piss people off. I'm gonna get so mad. I'm gonna be triggered. <laughs> yeah. 
So, so we'll wrap it up unless you have something to say about Connor after this. But uh, when I went on my travels, I ran into a Irish girl from Ireland, from the same hometown as Connor. She doesn't know Connor personally, but she knows people that know Connor. And basically, she's about the same age. Well, not the same age. She's a little younger, but she knows Connor. And um, she had nothing but negative things to say about Connor. She met Dana White, and she said, what you guys see about Dana White is not who he really is. What's interesting to hear about that, too. But she called Connor out, and she almost cried because... I was actually playing devil's advocate because I'm not really a big Connor fan either. But I was actually playing Connor and defending Connor. And it was so personal to her because she's all like, the fact that he tries to use hip hop and, and and tries to get one over, but then use racist rhetoric. And he's like, the Irish people aren't even like that. She was saying how like, we came, we were slaves as well. We went through our poverty time. Like, we, like, we're so, we are so loving and so, like, friendly. And, and Connor does not represent us at all. And she was so passionate. That tears started forming into her eyes. And I was like, bro, like, like wow. Like, she really was like, I, she despised Connor. Like, yeah, you hear that? Like you hear that, oh, Charlie? <laughs> So, so it's it's coach. Your voice just got low uh, in the phone. Yo, I can can hear hear you, but it's real low. Okay, hello. Try uh, keep going. Yeah. So when I heard that, dude, it was it, it was it was unfortunate, man, and and I could see it. His true character came out, and. It's not cool. It's not cool. I, I do think though, for Creed's sake, UFC sake, they need to find a, they need a way to get him into a fight, and it needs to be a bully a bully beat down. Uh, right. The, put him. Uh, nah, never mind. I was gonna say put him back in with Khabib because I don't see him ever standing a chance with with the, just the styles of Khabib versus him. But that's you're doing him a favor. Same with Nate Diaz is who he should pick next i feel like it's his last payday and then he can ride off into not even ride off into the sunset just you know go do what you're doing sell proper 12 but uh honestly any one of the fights he gets is a big payday and the one thing i'll say is he's getting to that point where he pisses off the public so much that normally that's the period where he's like okay let me make a comeback so who knows but I'm honestly over the Connor thing, man. We we have so many interesting fighters and exciting fighters, including what's going on at 241. That it 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 sucks that Connor can be such a distraction and steal the spotlight from everything. You're right. So without further ado, everybody, it's 241 card talk. I'm gonna let Remy take the charge on that because he has the actual card and he'll talk about the you know Mark here aka Marky fights that we should all be looking for yes sir yes sir so uh the first one I want to bring up uh well you know what let's just start with the top three bro because they're so good this is the most excited I've been for a card 
uh, you know, and okay. these are the, these are, this is the reason everybody's buying the pay-per-view or whoever's doing the streaming thing, you know, no disrespect, take that, get that. But this is one of the one times that I'm just like, I have to buy this card. I need to sit home and make sure nothing interrupts my enjoyment. Interesting. Interesting. I will say, though, Remy, we weren't too thrilled. Am I burst to the bubble here? We weren't too thrilled about the main event. No, you know what? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Does something, something change? You know what it was? is? It's uh, when you put Neochich versus Cormier 2 after like Diaz Pettis and Costa Romero. It just feels like okay, that can be a cherry on top. It doesn't have to be the. It doesn't have to be the top priority. And okay, but what I'll say is, it's hard. Uh, it, this is another one where it's hard for me to see Miocic, uh having an answer for Cormier's style. I haven't seen Miocic do the things that you need to do to beat a Daniel Cormier. I don't think the clinch work uh, I don't think the clinch work is there. I don't think he's I don't, I just don't think he's about his P's and Q's in the areas that Cormier can take advantage. So, the one okay, so the one thing I'll give I'll give Miocic he's had more than a year to prepare specifically with Cormier in mind saying I'm not fighting anybody else. And he's had a long time to be mad about it. While Cormier has probably had different options, he had to prepare for Derek Lewis, and just probably had a little more. Got was could be comfortable. He's also getting a little older. And um, one thing you can always give Stipe has one of the best jabs in the game. So there's there's something to build off of. Stipe was finding a home for the jab last time. He was finding little spots to get in there with his hands. There's something to build on. I just don't know that there's enough that Cormier's not going to beat him. Now, I don't expect Cormier to dominate him, like to knock him out in the first round the way he did this last time. I think it should be more competitive. But I, at the end of the day, I think Cormier takes it. And I'm not sure if it's a uh, five-round grinder or like a... I, my feeling is probably... A mid-round knockout, to be honest. I think Cormier finishes him in the third, maybe. I don't see it going the distance. I don't see it going the distance, and I don't see I don't see Stipe being the one to finish the fight. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I think he does get finished. Uh, whether it's a submission, which will be actually bittersweet, um, or whether it's a knockout, which would just be crazy. But I, I I don't again as you said I I don't even care about the jab because nothing fades DC and again the fact that DC's face John Jones again and, and, and even before DC's face John Jones DC is arguably like the second best fighter the UFC's came across recently because. And I, and I mean no disrespect to other fighters and whatnot, but DC is literally won every fight except the John Jones fights. And there's never been a 
a head scratch or a, uh, or a question about it. The dude comes, when he comes, he's just going to win. He's going to get his hand raised, and it is what it is. So I don't see that happening any different. If Stipe were to beat uh, Cormier, it's over. It is over because, one, I think DC would fight again just for the fact he would want to beat Stipe. Two, I don't, I don't think he'd be right mentally if he went against John Jones after losing to Stipe and John Jones twice. Well, Stipe beat one, so it is. There's a lot. There's a lot building for Daniel Cormier, and then. Does he go back to 205? You know, again, getting older, having to lose that weight? I don't know. Remy, so, you know, this is a fight that even though there shouldn't be so much pressure, there is because, again, DC holds all the cards in the fact, can he just retire and be happy and ride out as a champion, a true champion? Or does he win and, you know, Leave the door open for another money fight, right? Which, which, which is cool. Um, or if anybody loses, not to say that the John Jones putting money fight wouldn't be there, but the fate, like everybody in their mama is gonna be like, oh my gosh, like there's no way you're ever gonna be John Jones. <laughs> like you know, it's, it's over. I mean, that just I don't even know if a lot of people still believe he can be John Jones. But again, it's and you know, you know they say one fight shouldn't make a break your 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 catalog or you know your career this fight low-key would be that fight like it, 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 it's it's if you think about it because every like it's his last fight quote unquote so you don't want to go out on a loss but if you do it's a lot of stuff that kind of domino effect after that and again if he comes out in a win it's a bigger it's a bigger reason for him, for the UFC, to, like for him to have leverage in the UFC, saying, "Hey, man, I want a bigger payday if I fight somebody else." And I mean, you know, Cormier even said it himself. Um, he's making one fight. He's making more money in one fight than John Jones made this year. So that tells you how much money is at stake for Cormier if he wins. That you know, so it's it's interesting. I think Cormier has a lot of stuff that's going for him. And the stakes are even higher because he can't afford to lose this fight. We knew the first when we when he went up to when he went, you know, when he moved up to heavyweight again, Remy, we we're like, oh, this is a piece of cake for yep. DC, right? It's still a piece of cake for DC, let's not get it twisted. But he can't lose this fight. <laughs> That's a, like he can't lose, Remy. He cannot yeah, lose. I, I agree one hundred percent. It's here's the thing about DC. Um I make the argument all the time that if it wasn't for John Jones, DC would be in the greatest of all time argument. And John Jones takes that away from him in a way where people don't even put him on the same pedestal with like GSP, Anderson Silva, and these other guys, but undefeated at heavyweight. Nobody has come close to beating him at heavyweight. Not even close. Uh, At light heavyweight, smoked everybody. Gustafson kind of competitive, but clearly DC won. Anderson Silva had 30 amazing seconds and that was it like DC's credentials are incredible losing to Stipe Miocic who's another one who kind of doesn't get the credit he deserves it would mean 
he wasn't as impeccable as we think, and it would take a lot of a lot of gas or a lot of wind out of those sails. But uh, it's it's just funny to me thinking about it. Is if DC if DC wins in dominant fashion over Stipe, I think he's in the driver's seat in terms of demanding pay, uh, telling John Jones to come up to his weight class, all of that. But if it's a competitive fight, if it's even if DC just doesn't finish him and it goes to decision, unanimous decision, I think then John Jones has way more leverage to be like, you got to come back down to 205, which I don't think is, uh, I've seen it. I don't need to see it again. I want to see DC as arguably the greatest heavyweight of all time fighting against John Jones, who I think is pound for pound the, he- the greatest of all time at heavyweight and just see where that goes or even like okay obviously i'm picking uh i would be picking dc to win but francis nganu versus dc i'm probably buying that pay-per-view too just to see you know that's another that's another where i don't you know i don't i don't i don't like it for francis um, DC is wickedly uh, fast and uh, deceptively fast and you have to be able to deal with fast and power and wits and, and technique everything that DC brings everything that DC brings and these guys don't have it you know he's not he lit like you know, as you said, he if he would have went against Fedor, he would have probably cleaned Fedor's clock, which is crazy because everybody believes Fedor is the best of all time when he comes to heavyweight. But DC is literally that dominant. But again, like you said, it's just again because Kane Velasquez had his run, um, what's it called? Stipe had his run. We never got to see heavyweight Cormier in the UFC like a Brock Lesnar when we got to see him. And so, DC could have everybody like because he's been staying with John Jones, it 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 really undermines how great of a fighter he truly is. And again, he probably will never get that. I mean, he might get it, but I don't think he'll ever be to that level where it should be. And that's unfortunate for his legacy. I think I've obviously he'll go into the Hall of Fame and this and that, and but he. There's a, there's a lot to be said that he could have been bigger than what he is right now, um, and that's again it's, it's a level thing with with Stipe. He's not on DC's level. I don't see DC losing to any heavyweight. There is no heavyweight that, that can stand that can, that can stand a chance against him. Would have been cool to see a Cain Velasquez versus DC. That would have been a cool fight to see if, if those guys weren't, you know, best friends and if they weren't even, say, you know, if they weren't anywhere near each other. Um, but I think DC would have beat Kane as well. So, um, that card, if that ever, if that card ever happens with Francis, that had to be stacked with two beautiful fights after that, just like this card. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. Absolutely. I feel you on that. But I, I would be super intrigued by it. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> I got to say that. But we do got two more fights where it's actually, uh, I feel like these are your boys in uh, the next two fights, bro. And 
let me just say this. I think that uh, it's a it's a straight up travesty that neither one of the next two fights we're talking about are five round fights. Uh, they're both so good that I just I wish we could get five rounds. One of them might not even go that long, but I want to start on the one that could potentially. That's Anthony Pettis versus Nate Diaz, and I know I know you got a lot of love for uh, this dude Pettis is the real deal, man, and I I like that. So uh, I want to let you set that one off, bro. You know, so uh, the Pettis thing for me, I didn't know it was a three. I didn't know they were both three-round fights, which I, I thought the co-main and the names would be, but okay, cool. So, no, I, it's not that I don't like Nate Diaz either. I, I think Pettis, um, Pettis had a straight-up mental lap against Max Holloway. And you know, I, I defend I've defended Pettis several times and people are like, dude, he's a mental he's a quitter, he's a quitter. Every loss that he's fought, every loss that he's taken, um, it says he quits. Well now he has a perfect opportunity to go against somebody that can make him quit. Cause we know Nate Diaz comes to play. We know Nate Diaz doesn't like to quit and we know Nate Diaz is killed or to be killed. So what do you have, Pettis? Now, at 170, I don't necessarily like that weight class for Pettis. I don't think he stands to... I don't like his chances against, you know, the top three guys, top four guys in that division. I don't know where Pettis stands, if he's a top five opponent yet. But it's it's an interesting fight to fight Nate Diaz because Nate Diaz is not a knockout artist, right? And Nate Diaz, in a sense, is not the person to intimidate you. Now, he may intimidate you with his gangster wall, gangster talk, you know, bad trash, badass trash, like, where he'll middle finger you, sock and slap you, but it's not like somebody who's really gonna have to put it on you like that. Unless it comes to the floor where he's gonna put it on you. Now, but, you know, I, I don't see that hurting Pettis, but then he's fought Tony Ferguson. So it's like, Okay, well, Eddie, Eddie fought Wonder Boy. So, and I feel like Nate Diaz is a mixture of both those guys. So, I like this fight because Pettis has a chance to make money and to be able to get off what he wants to get off because we know Nate Diaz ain't running nowhere. We know Nate Diaz is going to be in your face. And you know Nate Diaz don't have a problem standing up. And you know, we all know Pettis likes to get off oh, standing yeah. up. So, so you know, Pettis going to try to use a cage to his advantage. Look for Pettis to try to make some Showtime highlights against ideas, which would, you know, for whatever reason, make a big roar because, you know, ideas beat Connor. So, uh, I, I like this fight. I honestly am a little bit torn on who to go for. I would go for Pettis just off the strength that He's been more active, obviously, but you know, you never know what you never know what Nate is. You, but you know, you know, consistently Nate is is gonna come to fight. That's the one thing it is. So, if Pettis, I think it's a more a matter of will right now. Is Pettis mentally ready due to three round grind, which I think should be easy. He doesn't have to pace himself. He should just be able to go and. How hungry is Nate Diaz? Does he have any butterflies coming back into the octagon? And I, when I mean butterflies, I mean ring rust. 
is there is he is he gonna be slow getting off or is this gonna be like every day in Nate Diaz live where he's ready for the grind and he's ready to go. That you know, so with the variable, I'll go for Pettis because we've seen Pettis recently. <coughs> um but I, I like the fight, dude. I, I think it actually goes all three. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say, uh, you know what? If this was a five round fight, I would predict a finish, but not be able to pick who finishes. Um, as a three round fight, I think it has a much better chance to go to decision. I think um, Diaz has been out of the octagon so long, like you mentioned that, and you know he's who knows, uh, but he's always gonna be in great shape. But being able to quickly figure out somebody who has the dynamic style that Pettis has is different. And what I'll say is this is a fight out of um, distance. I think distance management is going to be a big deal in this fight because Nate Diaz is one of the better MMA boxers in all of MMA. He has great hands. He's a little bit stalking, uh, you know, as far as his footwork goes. But he's very good at non-stop marching forward and finding little counters tapping at you and just using his volume to wear you down where pettis shines is the kicks and like you said there's all the showtime shit there's amazing things and if if uh nate diaz is stalking then it it leaves room for pettis to try some more dynamic and explosive attacks but the smart thing for Pettis to do is conserve his energy and use leg kicks. Nate Diaz, I don't think he's ever checked a leg kick. So it's almost like the, the way for Pettis to win this fight is there. It's, it's there. We know what he should do. But I watched Pettis decide to get into a absolute brawl with Tony Ferguson of all people. I've seen him recently brawl out with like Dustin Poirier and um, what we're finding is Pettis likes to scrap. <laughs> he, uh, he'll, he'll throw the game plan out the window and get into a scrap. And that's where I think Nate Diaz is so dangerous is that Nate Diaz wants you in a scrap. He wants you in a phone booth throwing and what's going to, what, what could happen is Nate Diaz wears him down. But for me, as somebody who, if I'm going to make picks or if I'm going to bet on a fight, I would be looking at who has the uh, Occam's razor, the easiest path to victory. That's Pettis. And, uh, and between the amount of time away, between the fact that uh, Pettis has been busy fighting in wars, I just, I lean towards Pettis with a, a unanimous decision in this one. You brought up a great point about the leg kicks, and that 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 should be highlighted a lot. I don't. We'll see how many. Let's count how many leg kicks that he does throw. Then you you bring up a great point on the counter end where it's Pettis just gonna throw it all out there and scrap. And you know, to the point of yeah, that's why I said it's a mental thing for Pettis. Is he like this is an easy fight for him to to come in and just win? And but Date Diaz has already been talking like, dude, I'm, I'm I'm looking for exciting fights. That's why I picked you. I'm not looking for a boring ass victory. 
So that could play. And you know, and you know, quote unquote, the Wheaties guy is trying to put on the show so he can get back on the Wheaties box. So again, we know Pettis can fight, and we know he, you know, he wants to do Showtime stuff. So the thing is, is that I don't like. I don't necessarily like Pettis trying to scrap against Nate, mm-hmm. but if he fights, if he if he if he were to bring a war to Nate, kudos because again, Nate's probably one of the hardest fighters ever, if not one, not the hardest fighter to ever crack. So I think he's only been knocked out once, and I forgot. Um, Head kick, Josh Thompson. He was still coming forward. The refs. Yeah, Josh Thompson. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's uh, it's not even that. It's we all know that he came from the mud. Nate Diaz is not gonna quit. He doesn't. It's not in his DNA. So this is really, as much as it could be physical for for Showtime, this is a real mental test. And I think it makes him a better fighter at if he does win because then he should go against a guy. Like, I, you know, for me, I, I feel like that Tony Ferguson was a rob fight or it should have been at least a draw or no decision, whatever. But um, not a no decision. They fought enough. So, I mean, they fought long enough. But I think it should have been a draw, personally. It was anyway, but Tony Tony Ferguson has that dog in him that Nate Diaz does. I, I, I can recognize that dog. So, so... That helps Showtime. That helps Showtime. He needs that. He needs to see that. And he needs to be able to take that and be like, I can overcome that. And if he can, okay. That, it might be, I still don't like him at 170. Don't get me wrong. I don't like him at 170. But if he can, if he can win the dog, if he can beat the dog, then it, okay, kudos to him, man. 100%, bro. I feel you on that. Uh, so let's, let's put a prediction on it. Like, what do you got on how he wins, or or you got Pettis' decision? That's what I'm going. Pettis' decision. Yeah, I got. Yeah, I got. I got Pettis' that, decision. That. I so think, then, like you said, I think, I think, like you said, if it was five rounds, yeah, there would have probably been a. Topic. Yeah, yeah, and just throw it out there, Pettis knocked out Wonderboy, and nobody does that, so it, it's pretty crazy. Pettis still has that explosive, like he could shock you. So, um. I wouldn't not like it's just crazy. It's such a good fight. <laughs> Romero versus Conklin. Yep. So now I think we both kind of have a feeling. Uh, I feel. Let me see if you agree with me on this. Yoel Romero is kind of like the uncrowned king of the middleweight division for me. He has to be. <laughs> he has to be right. He's arguably the DC of 185, right? Only his only losses are these, or the only ones we've seen him lose were these super competitive decisions with Whitaker. And honestly, I maybe I'm biased. I gave him both of those decisions, to be honest. I did too. And look, the first fight is even crazier than the second one, just because of the fact that Whitaker, I don't know if he had the dog in him or Romero was just that fatigue after he whooped his ass for two straight rounds that he couldn't muster up to throw another strike. But, my gosh, the damage that Forrest Whitaker, I mean, it took him out for like a year. Yeah. So, 
So it, it, it was like, and Rivera was just like, I'm cool. Jesus loves you. Like, he was like, he wasn't even tripping. So the fact that, and then when he fought again, didn't he take him out for another yeah. year? <laughs> like, yeah. So <laughs> it's like, it's like, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know what more Rivera could do except, all right, like, kill the dude. Like, like he, every time they fought, this dude has been hospitalized. So, uh, and it's just crazy. But the thing about Romero, which, which is mind-boggling, is he's like Randy Couture's age and still able to do what he does. Now, the one thing is you see it, you, his body doesn't show it, but his stamina does. So he can lose. He has this very... <laughs> very like short stamina gauge to where you know he's the most dangerous fighter until he's not and then you still don't know if if, if, if he can like knock you out and so we've seen Wyman try to do that didn't Luke Rockhold get a taste of that yep. too it's you know so keep going man preach you're you're saying I, you're speaking my I, mind I, I, I feel I feel I feel like he's gonna he's now he's facing somebody who has that short tank as well. I mean, he's going to get somebody who wants the blitz and is gonna go crazy. So now you have somebody who doesn't think he would lose against against Romero and also thinks he's gonna be able to knock out Romero, which is intriguing to me. Remy, it's intriguing because we know Romero is very slick. So, will the old man be Father Time once again? I predict he will. I think Costa is a little bit too green. I think Costa also is a little sus. I, I, I mean, you know, the steroids, whatever. But we know what type of pedigree Romero is, and we know Romero season vet. I think Costa. It's still a contender. I still think he, you know, he may, but I, I don't, uh, he's been able, he kind of has that Vitor in him where, like, when Vitor first came onto the scene, he was able to just the people. But we haven't seen him tested. You know Romero ain't going out like no bitch. You know Romero ain't going out like yep. no sucker. Now you about to get a test, boy. So I, 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 I see a knockout, even though it's three rounds. Um, I think it's the fight that you mentioned won't go, you know, yep. won't go the distance. And I, I and and Romero has been only fighting five round fights, so this is probably a breeze for him right now. So, where I'll play devil's advocate is the one thing I think has been the evolution of Joel Romero is Joel Romero has paced himself better. He used to explode out the gate and run out of energy, and now he very much he knows to kind of pace himself a little better after these five round wars. And uh, one thing about Paulo Costa, he hasn't had that lesson yet. He hasn't gone past the uh, second rounds since uh, since he's gone pro. So Paulo Costa is a very in your face, very uh, I'm going to keep pressure on you nonstop, and you're gonna have to work type of fighter. And what makes that so interesting is nobody backs Yoel Romero into a corner. He either explodes and hurts you, or he puts you on your ass and punishes you for it uh, with takedowns because he is an Olympic-level wrestler. Um, 
I will say that Paulo Costa is one of my favorite strikers to watch. Um, he he beat he overwhelmed Uriah Hall, who's a very good striker. He overwhelmed Johnny Hendricks, another great striker. Old Wally Bambos took him down, and uh, Bambos is a great striker. So one thing we've seen is Paulo Costa's striking is so good that it makes it very interesting. When will age, when will Father Time catch up to you? And um, this is the one time where actually somebody's bigger than Romero and Romero doesn't look like he can just muscle the guy. But technique-wise, you're talking about an Olympic wrestler. I don't think it matters much. He's still going to be superior um, in grappling. I I roll, I'm kind of in your camp. I think uh, Ponzinibbio maybe before he moves up to the stage where I, like I said, the uncrowned king of the division, I think Romero definitely won the second fight with Whitaker in my book. So I think this is as good as fighting for a belt. And I think Costa could have used a little more time, but I am very excited because I think of all the fights, this is the one where you're going to get two guys who are so explosive, so athletic, so incredible. And I think it's probably an early finish. I think um, I'm going Yoel Romero, TKO with ground strikes. Um, at, by the end of the first round, to be honest, I, I don't think Costa's takedown defense is enough to survive. So, so you you know, you brought up even more. Who has freaking Costa's face? <laughs> I mean, look at Romero. Look at Romero's freaking track record. I mean, Wyman, Rocco, Whitaker, it's, you know, and he was almost, literally, he was, I don't know how close you want to call it, but people wanted him to go against John Jones, and he was probably actually training to go against John Jones. But so, like, it, it, yeah, yeah, so it, 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 it's not like, it's not like Romero is, was out here just tweedling his thumbs, like, nah, this man was about to go against the GOAT. So, you better, you, like, it's, that shows you he's not there. He, it's not like he. He's. It's not like Father Time has caught up to him. Like he was. He he was about to move to two hundred five, and actually, and people were probably gonna give him a little love. Be like, all right, well, this guy has some wicked knockout power, and he's a lefty, and he's you know he's deceptive. Can he can he give Jones trouble? Plus, he won't have to cut, which you know you know Romero that might that might affect his stamina. He might have been cutting, so now he doesn't have to cut. Might feel a little bit more comfortable. So I mean, like, like Costa needs to realize that, and I think he does. But the level, like, I'm not gonna say he's been spoon fed, but it's a whole different monster. And again, the only person, the only thing we're looking for in this fight is is Romero. Old. That's it. Because everything else is, is just Romero. You don't have to worry about anything else. And even if he is old, Romero has been been able to, he's never had to have, like, except the wars that he's been going against Whitaker, which again, we arguably people still think he wins, and I thought he won too. He's never had to show his age. So, I don't, I see, he seems real Costa, dude. Even though Costa, again, Costa's the younger version of him as far as the way he 
strikes and like goes at it. But as you said, Romero has learned to be wise, and he, you know, he'll love, he'll act, and he'll fate forever. He's almost like Alistair Overeem now. Well, he'll they'll fate forever and just stay there, stay there, and stay there, and explode, boom. And then when it, and then, and if God, if he hits you, dog, it's a nuclear bomb. <laughs> Weidman bleeding all over the cage, bro. My goodness, dude. My goodness. So, I I don't know. I don't, I don't think Costa. I don't think Costa has seen enough in his UFC career to be able to stop what Romero is bringing to him. Yeah, man. You know what? The one bad thing about our picks is we're basically in agreement on this uh, main card. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. It is what it is, though, Remy. It is what it is. Like the truth, it's not even. It's not. It's not like when we are in a disagreement that you know because of nonsense. We bring, we'll bring, we'll bring what we can. We bring our evidence. We bring facts to the table. But this card is, especially the main event. You know, it's good that they brought other fights to the table because that main event's a sucker main event. It's, it's, I don't think the odds are too bad. I think it's actually a fun bet for me. Uh, Like I was going to say, there's some good betting lines on this card. And um, I think Cormier is going to be like a nice parlay for me to mix in with some fights. I know everybody says parlays are sucker bets, but if you're that confident, I always add an extra fight in. Okay. Okay. Well, you let me know how them parlays go, so, so I can, so I can uh, live vicariously for your winning. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. But I mean, besides that, I mean, it was a beautiful talk, Remy. As always, I haven't heard from you in a while, bro. So you know, it's always love. If something crazy happens, maybe we could do a post fight one time. But I think it's gonna go the way we planned it. Um. Yup. Yo, keep your eyes out for Sadiq Yusuf. Uh, he's on the undercard of this, and uh, he's the next big Nigerian nightmare coming up. Man, he's a killer, bro. Okay, so you got Israel and you got him. He's uh he's fighting Gabriel Benitez, and Gabriel Benitez is a really exciting fighter too. Throws crazy kicks, so that's dope. And Derek Brunson's fighting Ian Heinish, which I think that might wind up being an ugly fight, to be honest. <laughs> As always, man, let them know where your social media is. Yo, it's J4Remy. J, the number four, R-E-M-I. Look for me, fellas. Everybody talk to me, everybody. There, there we go. And then, you know, find me at Kosher, F-T-E-S-W-L, and then the Twitter, uh, for the main account of FTSWL, like, get at JC guys. JC, a little MIA, be quiet, but he's he's there. He's there. Definitely gonna have to bring him, bring him back to the forefront. We actually, Remy, actually, we actually had a podcast episode a couple of months back, and it was Endgame. We we're talking about that, and bruh, I bashed it so hard. We we're like, we can't, we can't even, <laughs> we can't even come back. <laughs> So we, we never released it because it was so against, like, like, it was so tainted. It was just like, all right, we're, we'll just have to wait until some other time to, to come back out. But besides that, guys, enjoy, enjoy the day. 
Know you're alive. We will come back. I, you know, I, I, we gotta, gotta stay more consistent. But if you want to hear more, of Remy, again, one more time for that podcast. That yeah, got. that's TFP, the fans' perspective. Look us up. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher, all that sort of stuff. So, and definitely Anchor. Everybody, stay blessed. Stay positive. We're out. Respect.